Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. We are a podcast that uh, explores monsters in popular culture through their various multimedia appearances um, and how they originated to how they appear today in contemporary uh, popular culture media. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined today uh, solely by Leonard. Cameron has been uh, otherwise engaged with celebratory activities so he will be with us in an episode or two's time leonard how are you doing yes i'm good i'm good i uh i wish uh cameron a happy aging day for he will uh shed his skin and emerge anew for a another year of wonderful uh frog uh, toad staring from rooftops and cockroach attacks. I wish him all the best in his future <laughs> endeavors. As, as we should all. <laughs> uh, seriously, I wish, wish, wish our, wish our, wish our, 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 our boy Night Twitten on Twitter uh, a big old happy birthday. I think, I think it's actually his mother's birthday. But him, his mother, uh, they're, so, really <laughs> they're they're connected. They're the same person. Yep, they're <laughs> same person. At one point, they were the same person. Wish them both a happy birthday. That's how it works, right, Dave? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or he's put on a wig and pretended to be his mother. Oh. But no, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I believe it's his mother's birthday. So happy <laughs> birthday to Mother Swarbrick. That's that sounds that sounds like an incredibly sinister name, especially with the way I, I didn't pick it. That's their name. <laughs> how, how dare you? <laughs> I think it's the it's the putting the mother before beforehand, kind of like Granny Goodness. Okay, oh, fair enough. <laughs> and I and I probably did a some kind of voice. Who knows? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Um, yes. So today we are returning to the world of Thra, at least eventually, uh, with the arrival of the Dark Crystal TV series. Um, Will we, we resume our dark crystal coverage um, as we have in the past covered the film as well as a few of the comic books um we'll be returning to some of those comic books because there are discrepancies that we will discuss uh, but first but first it is yokai of the week um we are on the letter f um, we've skipped ahead a little bit from b to f uh, because the entries in C, D, and E are very small, and we've already done them, at least the relevant ones. We're just grinding through. We're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap back around again till the next great conjunction. Yes, it will 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 actually just continue to spiral until there are no yokai yet left. There all there will all we'll have to start making up our own yokai. There's never to end. There's no way oh, man. I can we'll just, look. That, I'll just 
make color variations of each of the yokai. There's going to be like five more colors of fireballs. <laughs> I, I was going to suggest that we should just start bringing in the Australian yokai that cost Cameron on a regular basis. I think he just brings them up on his own. Um, <laughs> we'd have to like, I don't know, pull out some other thing that's that is not the D and D manual of, of monsters because that's already a it's already done. It's already a thing. Um, I don't know. Well, there's still a lot of them. <laughs> we're yes. we're just we're on our way. Uh, yeah. So F will be the category. And uh, Dave, as is the. Uh, typical custom of yokai of the week. Uh, will you please randomly generate some numbers by rolling up? Seven. Uh, that would be the Futa Kuchi Ona, the uh, <laughs> two mouthed woman. Let's take a look. Um, oh, look. This is mostly all in English. Uh, <laughs> a Furikuchi Ona is a type of yokai or Japanese ball, yes. Um, they are character <laughs> characterized by their two mouths, a normal one located on her face and a second one on the back of the head beneath the hair. There, the woman's skull splits apart, forming lips, teeth, and a tongue, creating an entirely functional second mouth. In Japanese mythology and folklore, the Futikuchi Ona belongs to the same class of stories as the Orokuro Kubi, the Kuchizake Ona, and the Yamauba. Women affected with a curse or supernatural disease that transforms them into yokai. The supernatural nature of these women in these stories is usually concealed until the last minute when the true self is revealed. Leonard, if you could take the next paragraph. Yes. Oh, you mean origins of the second mouth? The 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 darkest BBC documentary title I think I've I've read in recent history. Uh, the origin of the uh, Fukatichi Omi Oni's second mouth is often linked to how little a woman eats. In many stories, the soon-to-be Fukuchi Ona is the wife of a miser and rarely eats. To counteract this, a second mouth mysteriously appears on the back of the woman's head. The second mouth often mumbles spiteful and threatening things to the woman and demands food. If it is not fed, it can screech obscenely and cause the woman tremendous pain. Eventually, the woman's hair begins to move like serpents, allowing the mouth to help itself to the woman's meals. While no food passes through her normal lips, the mouth on the back of her head consumes twice what the other one would. In another story, the extra mouth is formed when a stingy woman is accidentally hit in the head <laughs> by her husband's axe while he's chopping wood. Uh, and the wound never heals. Just gonna, just gonna think on the logistics of that. Probably not an accident. Uh, other stories have the woman as mother who lets her stepchild die of starvation while keeping her own offspring well fed. 
presumably the spirit of the neglected child launches itself in the stepmother or the surviving daughter's body to exact revenge. Go ahead and continue the next one. All right. Uh, Prototypical story. This is the most famous and prototypical of a uh, Futa Kuchioni. In a small village, there lived a stingy miser who, because he could not bear the expense of paying for food for a wife, lived entirely by himself. One day, he met a woman who did not eat anything, whom he immediately took for his wife. Because she never ate a thing and was still a hard worker, the old miser was extraordinarily thrilled with her. (laughs) But on the other hand, he began to wonder why... Excuse me he began to wonder why his stores of rice were steadily decreasing. One day, the man pretended to leave for work, but instead stayed behind to spy on his new wife. To his horror, he saw his wife's hair part on the back of her head, her skull splitting wide, wide, revealing a gaping mouth. She unbound her hair, which reached out like tentacles to grasp the rice and shovel it into her, into the hungry mouth. Excellent. Excellent. And while you were keeping everyone busy, I looked up another entry in our one of our favorite books, The Night Parade of 100 Demons by Matthew Mayer. There is an entry. Uh, Futakuchi Ona. Translation. Two-mouthed woman. Habitat. Usually occurs in married women. Habitat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Diet. As a normal person, only twice as much. Okay. Appearance. Families who notice that their food stocks are shrinking at an alarming rate while the woman in their houses hardly eat a bite may be the victims of the Futakuchiona. Futakuchiona appear as regular women until their terrible secret is revealed. In the back of their skulls, buried beneath long, thick hair, is a second mouth, full of teeth and with large, fat lips. This second mouth is ravenous and uses long strands of its hair-like tentacles to gorge itself on any food it can find. Origin In the folk tales of Japan's eastern regions, Futakuchiona are most often thought to be shape-changed yamauba, posing as young women. In the western regions, they are frequently shape-changed kumo, or magical spiders. Okay. (laughs) In other tales, they are the result of curses brought about by wicked deeds similar to Rokurokubi. In each story, regardless of its true nature, this yokai is used as a punishment upon a greedy man or woman for wickedness and extreme parsimony. Legends. Um, Well, it's the same legend. So, one story tells of how in a small rural village in Fukushima, there lived a stingy miser because he did not bear, no, he could not bear the thought of paying for food to support a family. The miser lived entirely by himself. One day, he met a woman who did not eat anything at all, and he immediately took her for his wife. The miser was thrilled with her because she never ate a thing and was still a hard worker. However, his stores of rice steadily decreased, and he could not figure out why. He never saw his wife eat, and then he found out that she had a second mouth. Um, oh, wait, hang on. This is a little different. <laughs> One day, 
the miser pretended to leave for work. In truth, he stayed behind to spy on his new wife. As the miser watched from a hidden location, his wife untied her hair and revealed a second mouth on the back of her head, complete with ghastly lips and teeth. Her hair reached out with tentacle-like stalks and began to scoop rice balls into the second mouth, which cooed out with a pleasure in a vulgar, raspy voice. The miser was horrified and resolved to divorce his wife as soon as possible. However, she learned of his plan before he could act on it and trapped him in a bathtub and carried him off into the mountains. The miser managed to escape. He hid in a heavily scented lily marsh where the Fukushima could not find him. Another story tells of a wicked stepmother who always gave plenty of food to her own daughter, but never enough to her stepdaughter. Gradually, the stepdaughter grew sicker and sicker until she starved to death. Forty-nine days later, the wicked stepmother was afflicted with a terrible headache. The back of her head split open, the lips, teeth, uh, and lips, teeth, and tongue formed. This new mouth ached with debilitating pain until it was fed, and it shrieked in the voice of the dead stepdaughter. From then on, the stepmother always had to feed both of her mouths, and always felt the hunger pangs of the stepdaughter she murdered. Yeah. And there's a picture in this, and it's horrifying. <laughs> it looks like um, the mouth that they've drawn. It's not. I mean, it's a hu- It's not a human mouth. It's the um, Audrey two from Little Pictures oh. of the Horrors. <laughs> okay, basically. Yep, that's pretty horrifying. Yeah, it's got some pointy teeth, and it loves to eat only giddy. Okay, um, that is Furukuchi Ona. And there's a whole section in the Wikipedia if if one is so interested in, in showing what other media that the um this particular yokai has appeared in and it's a quite extensive of a list. Yes. So take a look at that sometime. The link will got, be in the notes as usual. Yep, you got some you got some of your, your Pokemans and uh, <laughs> that uh, Skullgirls Vidya game, the whole list of, of 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 alternate media that pulls upon that iconography. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that brings us back around to the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yes, a prequel series. It is a prequel series, in fact, to. The Dark Crystal from 1982. Mm-hmm. And I, appearance-wise, um, I was I, I pretty much avoided <clears throat> all media aside from like one small teaser trailer mm-hmm. um, when this was announced. Uh, so it, I was, I was pretty happy with what they were doing with it. Um, it's a mixture of um, CG and practical effects with that mixture being like 10% CG and like 90% practical effects basically um which is great because they yeah. just they just use uh, visually um it echoes and if not surpasses um the original dark crystal um mm-hmm. the environments are very very well done uh i would say everything aside from a running gelfling is the best <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, they they can't make the puppets run on the ground. Um, they kind of float, but that's okay because that they that that's very sparing 
it's basically um, and and, chest, and it's charming, up. Dave. It, it is. It's it's <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So visually, it um it replicates, if not surpasses, um the beloved classic, The Dark Crystal. Um, yes. And the story, as we said, it's a it's a prequel. So this deals with the events. Um, quite a while uh, I don't I don't know the time frame it's it's got to be like a couple hundred years before it's a lot yeah yeah it's 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 it, it's it's more it's more than a handful of trines before <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and everything of course is spoken in trines because there are three sons um that uh, the the world of Thra um orbit and so a year is three suns orbiting you, having yes. or having done an orbit, been orbited, however you say that. Um, and we are we're it's a it's a while. This is different characters. On one hand, um, our all of our primary protagonists generally are our new new characters. Our yes. antagonists, however, are not. And nope. um, uh. Our, our beloved Agra has returned, um, looking very much younger. You would have you would have not mistaken her for her older self. No, she's she's exactly the same because she <laughs> was. She's just that's how she's created. Yep, she's she's just how she's she basic. She's I mean she is basically the 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 avatar of of thrall. Thra walking around, so you know, planets yes. old. Yes, she was created by the crystal, um, because the world needed guidance, like extra guidance. Yes, for the creatures. Um, so the, the series starts out with, um, Something that you would expect uh, if you're familiar with films from the 80s, which is narration that basically gives us a pretty good setup for for the the story that's about to be told, which is basically, hey, Thra, it's really great and pretty. Crystal of Truth, Mother Albra. Oh, and then the Skaxies came... Yes, the Sexies came and wanted to rule over everything. Um, yep. The only person sort of standing in their way would have been Agra. So they distract her. They provide her with means to survey the cosmos. Yes. Um, and she goes on a astral projection journey that's many, I don't know, 100 years. It's long. Many, uh, it's, like a thousand, it's like a thousand it's like a thousand well she's done she's done multiple of them so initially i guess it was really long right so then yeah. she's done some shorter ones um but so she's she's absent she's the absent caretaker and in her in her absence uh the oh well she it's a trade it's a, it's a, it's a sort of yes. trade the the skexis was like here's your here's this cool observatory um and while you're gone um, we'll do you a solid also 
um, and we'll yep. to- we'll totally just watch the house. We will we will watch the um, Crystal of Truth, which is the heart of Thra, and make mm-hmm. sure nothing happens to it. Uh, we'll um, we'll take care of all the Gelflings. It'll be great. You know, enjoy your trip, Mother. Um, yes, is, is the the long and short of it for this. S- uh, says that the the incredibly evil looking untrustworthy bird demons oh they're fine they like shiny things <laughs> it's my favorite it is it's my favorite part of it of like you can totally trust us go uh go um go on your shooting stars meme journey through the cosmos and we'll just handle everything yeah well i mean you say that but in the original dark crystal agra is like it's almost a yoda moment yeah yeah where she's kind of spooky but ends up being you know agra (laughs) but yes the the skeksis totally don't look very trustworthy (laughs) Um, and they that is that is a thing they are not <laughs> they, nope. they are self-absorbed super vain and I, it's very it's weird that they could pull a trick on Agra. i mean she she is like hermit she's very isolated she does her own thing so i guess maybe but she's not stupid well and she's just also busy the- she's busy with like everything else i i also think that the really important uh the other important aspect of it is that it's explicitly stated well i don't know when it's stated in the series so this might be at least for you a spoiler but it's 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 confirmed that the skexies are not of thra they are not from thra they are an outside entity that came to Thra. So it I can assume that she could not divine their intentions based on the fact that they are are outside influences from this ecosystem. So I guess you could just take them at at their word then. Kind of, yes. So um this is the part because it's it's just doing the the prologue and if you haven't, if you've just gone, I think even if you've gone off of the first movie, it's a little off. Something's not right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel that the, maybe the narrator is not, um, it's like an unreliable narrator, slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last time when we when we looked, took a look at the Dark Crystal, uh, we, look, we looked at, um, a, it's, a, it's a comic book miniseries, which is a, it's the prologue to, Dark Crystal in comic book form, but it's not this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also by Brian Froud, so it's it's consistent with the same creator. Um, but uh, the the differences are at least as far as this first episode is concerned with what it's setting up as the reason for Agra's um, inact- inattention and what the Skeksis are doing. Uh, that the Skeksis gave Agra the um, observatory and all, all that in in the the creation myths comic book series. 
it's it's specifically stated that it's not the Skeksis, it's the Urskek, which the Skeksis came from. Yes. Uh, that gave Agra um, what she has, the, the, the observatory. Uh, and they came through the crystal from their own planet, other dimension thing, but they're um, they're exiled criminals. Mm. And they arrived on Thra, um because they've been exiled there, basically, right. because because they're heretics to their to their religion. They got phantom zoned. They got phantom zoned all the way to Thra. Um, it's a prison. It's not. It's not a prison, but it's just what they've been sent to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the Skeksis and the Mystics um, originated because the 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 second. I think it's during the second Great Conjunction. Uh, the crystal split the um, Erskek into their good and evil halves. Yes. With the, with the mystics being the, the good portion of them and the Skeksis, of course, being the, not, it's not evil per se, but just the, the naughty bits, I guess. <laughs> um, the id? Yes. Because that's what they are. They're just walking ids. <laughs> uh, and prior to that, when the Erskek had come, they, they introduced new technologies, new things to not only Agra, but to the Gelflings. So just in, in general, we're improving the, the land, not really for its inhabitants, but for themselves. Right. It's like, we're just, they're just kind of, they're not terraforming it, but that's what they're doing. They're just making everything more comfortable for themselves to, to be in their new exiled home. Um, right. However, they were not expecting to be split by the crystal. And, uh, the, during, during this, oh, so what happened is Agra's son, Thronip, um, I think it was him. One of them, da- someone damaged the crystal um, mm-hmm. during the conjunction. And then the, since it, it, it didn't shatter, but a piece of it snapped off and became less than perfect. Um, that allowed the darkening to begin occurring. And that's yes. the beam from that is what split the, um, the earth. Uh, uh, the earth. I think they were trying to travel home. Oh, okay, that was something sense. like that, and they they were using the crystal, but instead it it split them into their their component pieces, right? And the uh, the the giant fortress that the Skeksis inhabit in the series was originally a crystal construct by um, the Erskek as a giant, beautiful crystal palace, mm-hmm. and then with the darkening, it became the twisted sort of thing that we see um, in in the prologue. And then yes. later, it's just the castle is just that way now. Um, yes, the big, the, the, mm. the big, um, <laughs> totally not sinister claw tower in the middle of <laughs> this like delta. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful land, and then the claw, ugly, dark, the dark claw yep. tower. Um, so that that's what the origin of these Skeksis and Agra's. She was never there wasn't a deal like where she's given something and then goes away for a while. She just was doing yeah. that anyway. She was already mm. doing the, the dream, not, not, not dream fasting, but the um, astral projection um, on the first great conjunction. When the Erskek first arrived to Thraw, uh, she was like blasted um, in the light of the, conjunction through the crystal and it like took out one of her eyes and put a 
sort of third eye on her, like in the middle mm. of the forehead. Um, the Erskex did heal her damaged eye. They couldn't replace it, but they did heal it. Um, and thus begins a long tradition of this uh, series being obsessed with removing people's eyes. Yes. Because it's a thing. It's wonderful. Uh, well, so, long, long tradition yeah. of the series just being being just like just a little too intense for it's a little for, little spooky for the kids. Yeah, but yeah, so that that was the major difference, and it's not. It's just sort of a twist on how things happen versus changing. Nothing's changed. The outcome of everything is the same but how it got there is a little different in this um, age of resistance. Right. And, it, it, and the way that it's told doesn't necessarily indicate that, that, it, that those aren't the events that happened. It just seems like a really quick way to gloss over it by just saying, yeah, they gave her an orary and then she was like, yo, protect the crystal. I'm out to, to search the universe with my mind. And the Skeksis was were all you can totally trust us. Look how trustworthy we are. Yeah. Bye. You but can, yes, you can but, go. But, we will watch right. it. Mm-hmm. But but yes, but of course, yeah, with the conceit that they were the Urskex at the time, it makes a lot more sense that yeah, sure these nebulous genderless beings that seem to be comprised of pure light seem to be the best choice to watch yeah. and it's and it's a little i think what it ends up doing is that um in in the prequel comic books um agra is f- like was she there i think she was there she's pretty much aware of who the mystics and the skexis are mm-hmm. and is not um she's the way she's acting towards them here doesn't indicate that it like it removes the idea of the Erskek. Mm-hmm. which is weird because the movie has them in it like at the mm-hmm. end uh so in this uh in in it doesn't really matter. Uh, so we're, we're covering episode one and two. I should have said that in the beginning. Um, yes. There's a portion in episode two where uh, Agra's like, oh, I've been gone for all this time. I'm just going to go check with the Skeksis. That's great. So it's a little off. It, 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 it's correct in how the TV show has framed everything. Yes. But it's weird if you if you if you're under the impression that she knows who they are. So... Why would she have in, like actually entrusted them versus they just kind of took it? Yeah. So it's a little, I don't know, a little off. But um, it's fine in the context of if you've only seen the TV series, it makes sense. Yes. It's like there, it's not, it's it's not um, undoing its own um, plot. And I, I am. I am going to just because I am aware, Dave, that you haven't watched the entire series, um, and I have. Uh, I will be watching it a second time for for our discussion on it. That does get addressed, so fear okay, not. Good, good. <laughs> that will actually be all of that will actually be addressed in the series. 
Okay. But so, yes, I agree that it yes. is super <laughs> weird the way that it's framed if you are familiar with the movie, because it does really seem like they kind of recanon it, but it does get brought up. Excellent. Well, that's that sets my my unease at rest. Um, yes. Okay, so our our story, at least through these first two kind of prologue episodes, um, it's focusing on three, roughly three uh, Gelfling protagonists from different yeah. Gelfling clans. Yes. There's a total of seven clans, and as of as of the first two episodes, we're only intru- introduced to four of the seven, and I mm-hmm. think only three of the seven get like a little mention in the actual prologue. Um, mm-hmm. it, it calls them out and gives them a little their little clan symbol, which is kind of cool. Um, yep. So these are the Stonewood, the Groton, the Vapra, and the Sifa. Um. The Stonewood are the warrior clan. The Groton are the underground clan. <laughs> the, 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 they're, they're cave druids. Yes. Uh, the Vapra are the um, scholar, scholarly hoity-toity clan. Yes, rule, the rule, ruling clan and 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 the 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 magic school equivalent snobby magic school equivalent clan. Yes, uh, and the Sifa are the roguish sea pirates, merchants, yes. merchants, sea merchants, but they're kind of like pirates. Yes, it's great. It's very good, and they're all um, suitably garbed. They all have their own separate cultures aside from being Gelfling. And what's even better is that they they bear like different characteristics. Yes. Um like physical characteristics, I guess. Other right. than other than the explicit male Gelflings do not have wings. Female Gelflings have wings. That's just how how it be. Um mm-hmm. but they all have different uh very different appearances. Uh, yes. Aside from the general Gelfling sort of face shape, because uh, because Gelflings are uh, are of all the things on Thra, Gelflings are the most of Thra. So it it reasons that based on where they live and 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 what they do, that their actual physical forms change to suit that better. Yeah. Uh, and then we have. Um... Oh, it's episode two, I think. Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, and we have our uh, the all Madra. So the the it feels like the self proclaimed ruler of all Gelflings, but I think it's still acknowledged as the ruler of all Gelflings is the all Madra, yes. which uh, is the basically the, the queen, um, of the Vapra, um, Gelflings, and accordingly all of the vapra are they feel like they're above they have a superiority something a complex they just think that they're better than the other gelflings um, yes and, and they are uh, because of that or rather it's because of their station and their relationship to the skexis um they are the intermediaries between the lord skexis and the rest of 
society, the rest of Thra. Right. With, um, I, I guess it's annual. There's, um, maybe it's more than annual, maybe it's monthly. There's tithes um, that are due to the Skeksis. Skeksis want more food and more things because they like the shiny stuff. Uh, yeah. And the, the these tithings are um, implemented through the Vapra and the other tribes all send representative, representatives to the tithing ceremonies to give gifts. They're giving their, they're giving their tributes to these Skeksis who... Um, in in their benevolence, have seen fit to rule with a kind and gentle hand uh, yes. over all of Thra. Yes, and they're not and at all selfish and vain. Nope. And uh, they they are. Good. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say they are in fact so not selfish and vain that the first episode does not literally open up with them trying to suck life force out of the dark out of the crystal of truth in second one <laughs> look they need their juice uh it's, it's really it's, it's, they, they're just sunbathing all right yep i want to get that skexist hand but no yeah they are totally sapping the life force of the planet through the crystal of truth um in order to remain forever young and beautiful Yes, um, they are. They are ostensibly immortal. That doesn't prove to be the case because they have drained what is willingly able to be siphoned from the planet, right? And as a result, have um, I don't know if there's like a bit of backwash going on, <laughs> like the the siphoning device is accidentally sucking back in a, a drop of the old Skeksis, um, but it has damaged the crystal. And, yes, even uh, that, further. That, even further. Um, and that that uh, that damage, uh, because the crystal is a part of the planet, like directly, um, has slowly over time um, become filtering its way through um, the ley lines i don't know which one the live stream the, it's, it's the live yeah, stream the, yeah it is actually <laughs> it's yeah the 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 essence of the planet have have has begun to take on aspects of the crystal which has gone from uh crystal clear pun uh to uh the uh uh this uh uh dark crystal yes the, the, crystal. the deep purple yes the, the color that all mystical gems of, of evil repute should be colored. Yeah. So we have our main antagonist, the Skeksis, and there's yes. a lot of infighting because they're just selfish by nature. Um, mm-hmm. And we have our scene-stealing Chamberlain. He's made yep. his return. He's our, our main baddie from... Uh, the film in yes. his in his much younger and more suave form. So this is Skexil. And then we have our scene chewing scientist scientist Skektek, um, voiced by Mark Hamill. And I think Skexil is voiced by uh um uh, Simon, si- Simon Pegg. Pegg. Which you wouldn't like I was listening the entire like I I can hear Hamill. Like, <laughs> oh, he, yeah. Sometimes oh, yeah. you get sometimes you get jokered. And then yes. Skeksil, I just, I would not have said that that's Simon Pegg. He's, I, would, nope. I would have ventured to have said it. They found the same voice actor from the, the movie. Like, 
many years later. And he's, you know, same thing with Agra. Yes. Like if that's if that's not the same actress, I would be super surprised. <laughs> they did a very good job in the casting of this entire uh, entire thing. Um, so the scientists have been tasked by the um, emperor of the Skeksis to fix the problem because the dark crystal is is not giving them the juice they so desire. Right. Um, it's it's they've they've tapped that well and it's a problem. It's running dry. They know it. Uh, and they're they don't want to die so <laughs> yep the scientist has been tasked with finding a solution somehow well his solution is to just zap he's like i'll just re-energize the i don't know what he's doing he's, he's like i'm just gonna zap the crap out of it with like crazy lightning bolts yeah and um it'll make it work but instead he 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 reversed the magnetostatic field of the crystal and so instead of um exuding life force from the planet it's just sucking in other life forces and he like he almost yeah he kind of almost murders himself yes he almost he almost kills himself he rottens his two hands and gets a little bit of a nose damage um Thankfully, our ever inquisitive Chamberlain um, is poking his head where it doesn't belong, uh, in t- just in time to shut down the machine and stop the scientist from killing himself, all in the name of progress. Uh, yes. But what they do find is that since the crystal can now absorb life force or the essence of a being, um, they should be able to feed it things and then somehow take whatever it has uh, stored up and then turn it back and take that back out. It's very, yeah. it's, it's, it's like non-sciencey science. They didn't, oh, yeah. they, it's, didn't, it's, they didn't try too hard to, <laughs> to they're, they're just kind of hand waving it. Um, it's, it's, it's total eighties fantasy science. Yeah, uh, in funny. fact, the, the, in fact, the entire lab is, is eighties fantasy science set up 9,000. It's, it's, great it continues to be yeah just shoot some lightning at it up oh, you did something and it's somehow beneficial to you that's how science worked in in, in fantasy in the 80s yeah it's there's nothing I, i'm not even complaining about it i think it's great. oh yeah um, no it's not a, it's just it's a little bit you're just like okay and at least at least the scientist he's bold enough to go like i don't know what happened we just yep we did something and then it's it's working <laughs> we yep. just got to keep trying um and it'll we'll make it work i guess uh, oh yeah and, and i just wanted to uh point out that the emperor is uh voiced by uh uh papa malfoy himself uh jason isaac um so yeah i think the yeah. whole cast is like they're they're all no- notable actors oh yeah Oh yeah, Every, everybody on this list. I didn't look at any. I just knew specifically it was Mark Hamill, and then I saw on the credits. Surprise! I was surprised. Simon Pig. What? Um, yeah. But uh, yes, so they they discover a way to use the crystal again to their benefit. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, I think that they're speeding up the uh, the darkening process. Yes, because they're they're obviously they've twisted the crystals. Well, they're already they've already twisted the crystals' purpose. It's not supposed to do the thing that they're making do, um, and now they've just made it worse because that's what they do. 
Right. Um, and and because uh and and because of the way the gelflings uh are related to Thra, uh the removing their 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 essence from the live stream uh is actively damaging it and the Skeksis are like mm, juice. Yeah, mm, juice. Now, to be fair, uh some of these Skeksis well, originally, all of them were like, whoa, what are you doing? Because the scientist shows them the thing. Right. And they're like, hey, maybe maybe we shouldn't do this. Like, they're vaguely alarmed. And then juice. Yeah. So yeah. their, their misgivings are short-lived. Um, yes. They're, 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 I mean, they, they understand that if they damage the stuff, it, it, it's not a, it's a poor solution to the problem that they have because right. their supply is a finite one. It's already finite in the, in what the crystal can pull. And then if you're using living creatures that you only have so many of to power your thing, you're going to run out because you also crave the juice, like hardcore <laughs> and it gives you side effects, like some kind of drug immediately. Like it's not even, a, it's not even a little while later. It's a few minutes later. Oh, I need that juice again. Yeah. So this is not a this is not a good solution though to what ails you, i.e. death. Um but I mean it 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 works. Like it does what they want it to do. The effects are just bad. Yeah. Because they're literally damaging the environment to prolong their own lives. Sounds familiar. Anyway, um <laughs> Yeah, so this isn't a metaphor for anything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just like just like all children's films from the late '80s to the mid '90s were, in fact, not a metaphor for protect the environment whatsoever. That yeah. <laughs> Captain Planet wasn't important. Yep, Fern Gully, just a wacky no. adventure in the waning forest. No mm-hmm. message. He just wanted to spread those sweet tunes. Um. It's all about Tim Curry. <laughs> Actually, it is all about Tim Curry. It is all about Tim Curry. We should watch the legend or legend. Yes. Anyway, yes, we should. That's that's on the, on the side. Um. Yes. So they've got their they've discovered their juice, but oh ho, the. Uh, this part actually did bother me. <laughs> the the um. The Gelfling they juiced is Mira, one of the uh, Stonewood guards that the Skeksis have hired on as their, and this isn't like new, like they've been doing this for a long time. Um, uh, They have the Stonewood, the the, the battle-ready Gelflings as protectors and uh, general stewards and whatnot, just the workers in their castle, sort of. Um, Yes. Uh, the military might of these Skeksis is uh, is the Stonewood clan or yes. some of the Stonewood clan. Yes, I just wanted to point out that Mira's actually a Vapra. Uh, but was she? I didn't remember. Yes, yes. Okay, well anyway, they have Gelflings in their thing and then yeah. R- uh, Rian and Gurjin at all are Stonewood. Yes. Actually, Gurjin's probably Stephen. 
Oh, you know what? You're actually probably right. So they have um, they have <laughs> members of the clan of, working yes, in the Deathlings of all clans and creeds yes. working for them. So Rian, Stonewood, Mira, Vapra, Gurjin, probably Seafin. Um Rian and Mira are budding lovers like they've, they've they're in a relationship but it's new it's fresh yeah um and Gurjin is Rian's best bestie um they all yeah. kind of uh are they're young uh mm-hmm. Mira probably takes her job the most seriously but still kind of goes along with Rian um because he's they're not not that they're lazy they're just not serious about actually doing guard yeah, they're busy messing with podlings and stealing food and shirking yeah. off. They're just, they're just, yeah, they're just not mature about the thing they're doing. They're taking it seriously, but not as seriously as uh, what Rian's father is, the captain of the guard. So that yep. <clears throat> makes a, a difference. Um, uh, Rian and Mira uh, come across a, a spitter. So it's this giant spider-like monster bug thing. Um, yes, that the scientist has. He just has, as we mentioned, his lab is just like a cages full of different um, animals, and mm-hmm. a, a spitter escapes because it's been infected by the darkening, and it gets more violent and powerful or something, and it gets out of its aggressive. Cage. Yeah, and it's just scuttling around like it's probably I think my favorite piece because it's. It's a puppet, but sometimes I don't think it is. Like it's yep. way more animated than anything else in the the thing. It moves very yes. well and very spooky. Um, but they they see it, and here's where part of their immaturity is showing. They like they don't report it. Like they're going yep. to, and then they get like nervous, and their uh, Rian's father is very serious about the job, and he just doesn't seem like so. What happens in 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 a lot of this? Uh, the as we may have mentioned, the uh, Gelflings can dream fast, so they can sh- directly share memories with one another. However, you can't share someone else's. You got it has to be like you're sharing your own memories, and right. it, it's like a one a one person as far as it can go. Um, it, it's the equivalent of like sort of having a cell phone like that kind of thing and it's a horror movie and then you've got your phone and you don't use it for some reason or another yes so rian can directly show his father hey there's a spooky spider running around like and and have his uh, and it's an infallible thing you can't like trick somebody with your fake memories Mm. as far as we know doesn't show him and then they bring it up they're like oh yeah you could you could show them the dream fasting but oh they won't they won't believe you like what but you can't fake that so you have to believe you mm. anyway he doesn't show him the long and short of it is they were they just they get too scared they're intimidated I, by their their actually intimidating father i i think what actually happens is that rian was up for a position and his father is like you're not mature enough for this so i gave it to somebody else yeah there's there, there's a lot of that because these um it's the same thing that happens with princess brea one of the other main characters so they they kind of get spiteful at their 
parental figures. Yes. Because they're not only dealing with their parents, they're in positions of um, kind of power. Like all, all, all of our main characters are in a good position to do what they do. Yes. Like they're, they're not, um, they're not the rank and file. They are a princess and the son of the captain of the guy, you know, there's, there's things going on where each, each of these people are a little higher up than just a regular Gelfling. Except and for one. <laughs> is everyone. So in, in, or I guess not in, but because of that, they're dealing with um, issues, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're trying to be their own person and, but still live up to something. Yes. Like there, 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 there's stresses placed upon them that aren't on other characters. Right. So they get um, like uh, unconfident in themselves. Mm-hmm. Like it messes with their sense of self-worth and right. or, or makes them spiteful in a time that they should not have <clears throat> been. They're picking the wrong battles to like be hardheaded about. Exactly. But they're young. So that's part of it, I guess. Anyway, the long and short of it is Rian and Mira decide not to tell um, their father or the, the, the anyone, anyone that also can do something about it, that there's a problem. They'll just go, well, you know what? We'll just go. Okay, at least they don't like they're not pushing it under the rug. They're going to go try to solve it themselves. Right. Because originally um, uh, Rian's father is taking, he's, he's escorting um, two Skeksis uh, to the tithing ceremony right. of the, of the Vapra. And Rian, it was his hope that he would be put in position to control, to command the guard in his father's absence. But that's instead mm-hmm. given to, another golfling with a kind of a, a goofy face um very <laughs> s- s- serious serious man um and so he feels slighted by that snubbing even though technically his father's correct and he's not really mature enough to handle the right position and As because he he's shows yeah and so <laughs> be, because he's upset at his father he's like well i'm just not going to tell him about the spider that shouldn't be here because it's a <laughs> and, and the the spitter thing is already an, like it's it's been made more aggressive, but it is an enemy of like Gelfling. Yes, like it's in a cage. I think because of that, and because of the scientists is just studying stuff. But they specifically right. call out like this is an enemy of the forces of something. I don't the name. I didn't jot down the name, but it's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And like, there's an enemy soldier inside the castle. Well, we'll just, there's just one. <laughs> we'll just go find it, um, is what happens. Is what tries yep. to happen. Because yep. they, they go on a chase, they get, they go into places. So the Skeksis is like, yeah, the Gelflings, you have the run of the castle, except for you cannot go into the sewers. Right. Basically. Or the crystal chamber. Also, or the, please, yeah. please stay out of the crystal chamber. Yeah, don't look in there. There's a lot of rooms don't look into. Um, and by and large, the Gelfling have no problem like obeying. They, they don't. They they. There's a respect that the Skeksis have not. They don't earn it. They just command it, right? Mainly because, because they're, they're big. That's really what yeah. it turns out. They're like three times the size of a Gelfling. What's the Gelfling gonna do? I also think that it's it's because they 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 are well. The Skeksis are the the 
protectors of the crystal. Mother Agra yeah, said they, that it's been it's been decreed, them. and they do. I think they are providing some small things, some tokens, you know, to the the, the working under the Skeksis is not without its charms, right? Um, but unfortunately, you're all expendable and just don't know it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, is is what this and and this isn't a um, all of this has come to a head, and this is like thousand. I think it's like a thousand trine um, that the Skeksis have been ruling. Right. It's a it's a long time, and it's and in that it's it's the same eighteen Skeksis, uh, but it's generations and generations and generations of the Gelfling. It's just their way of life now. Right. They're not they're not questioning anything because nothing's really gone bad up until right now. You know the mm-hmm. the, the Skeksis have they're selfish and they're vain, but they haven't been physically endangering anybody other than like ruining the planet right like that, but that's yes. like a slow and un, unobservable thing at this point um so the, the this marks the turning point because um skektek our 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 scientist boy uh finds a uh volunteer subject for his new experiment and that's mira yep um and I, I, that did not sit well like I like the characters anyway. Like I thought they were all very likable. Um, Gurjan, Rian, and Mira, but mm-hmm. it feels like they leaned so hard into let's make the guy get sad about his girlfriend getting murdered and do revenge. Like that's what it. That's what they did. So Mira yeah. doesn't. Mira does not make it. She gets turned into goo. Yep, she and gets essenced and slurped. Yep. Except for it's a tiny bottle. The little bottle, yeah. That uh, Rian eventually um, makes it, he absconds with um, in order to prove because uh, the Skeksis find out that he or he sees what happened and yep. they they force him to be excommunicated from the the castle. Yes. They so he, say he, that he, yes. They say um, that he's a traitor. Yeah. Trainer, and that he's got a terrible brain disease, so you can't dream fast with him. Yeah, or you'll catch it. You'll you'll catch the crazy. Yep. Um, which uh, which is a, a a Chamberlain invention to ingratiate himself in with the emperor. There is actually a really uh, really smart amount of Skeksis politicking interspersed with the uh actual story beats watching uh that allows you to understand how the chamberlain basically skeezed his way into into the position that he did uh and 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 makes sense as to how he he earned the position that he did in the film uh he's super conniving and trying to play everything to his advantage even when it doesn't go the way that the Skeksis want it to. Yeah. And even when like, sometimes his plans don't quite work out, but he still twists them just enough to like save his own skin at the expense of like everything else. Yep. He's probably the most Skeksy of the Skeksis. Yes. He's, he's good at what he does, even if it's terrible. Um, so yeah, that, that provides the impetus for, um, for Rian to go on his adventure um, yes escaping the the, 
the dark crystal chamber and um, trying to uh, get help because something is terribly wrong and uh, these Skeksis are out to juice uh, the lot of them. And then we have um, Princess Bria. So that, that brings us... We're, we're kind of playing a little loose with the um, order of things, but uh, it, it's fine because it, the, the story like jumps around a little bit, so we'll just kind of go straight through each point yeah. with, with per character. So we have Princess Bria. She is the daughter um, among two daughter, three, three daughters of the Vapra Almadra. Yes. And in she's not in because she's the youngest of the three. One of them is like a guard captain or something. And yep. the other one is in direct line to become the next Almadra. She's sort of just left to her own general left generally left to her own devices. She she spends a lot of her time um, with her nose in books um, and then taking notes and then just kind of being uh, overly curious in a way that um, is like endearing. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's willing to question the status quo because she's well-versed in in the histories of Thra and can see that something's a little off. Right. With their system. Yep. Specifically, like, is... the tithing system and then their relationship between the Skeksis and the um, Gelflings is not a... Uh, not a beneficial one, really, for the Gelflings. Right. She is uh, she is full on Dis- uh, '90s Disney princess. Um, only only she 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 has a mother, so that is a, a distinct difference. Yes. Uh, but yes, she is she is plucky princess archetype. Um, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. It is actually rather nice to see and uh, and 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 executed rather well, in my opinion. Yeah. And then we have um, the Almadra, who we mentioned is the the leader of the Gelflings, but also the li- the main liaison between the Gelflings and the Skeksis, uh, yes. who is fully aware. Like, so her daughter comes up and stuff happens, and her her daughter is upset with the status quo yep mentions this to her mother and her mother's like um you can you can say these things because uh you're in a position to where you're not wanting for anything (laughs) and you no one's relying on you (laughs) Um, everyone's relying on me i get a couple little benefits and some little kickbacks for this and um, everything is generally okay. I mean, yeah, there's, I, I understand there's inequalities, but, you know, the rich have to get richer and the poor have to stay poor. Like, there wouldn't be rich people if there wasn't poor people is kind of what she's about. Right. There's a little yeah. more going on because it's a little more, more nuanced. But the, the long and short of it is her mother understands that the system is flawed. But yes, if it wasn't that way, they wouldn't have what they have because they've benefited directly from these sexies um, policies. Mm-hmm. Like, even if the policies are bad, they're still better off than other um, Gelflings. And right. If they change, if they shake things up, they'll lose what they have. So better not to shake the pot. Yep. And that doesn't sit well with the princess Bria. So she, 
after receive, receiving a divine revelation from the planet, um, decides also to try to make a change. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to like one of my probably my favorite scene of the prologues is when she um, she she kind of like uh, strong arms her. I guess it's like it's not really. Is he, I think he's an advisor, but he's also the guy that runs the library. Oh um, yeah, the yeah the librarian. Yeah, so she strong arms him into helping her um, meet with a, a, a Sifan, um chieftain. Mm-hmm. Who who knows something about the revelation she saw and is the only person that could help her do something about it, like tell her what it is and right and fix things, probably. <laughs> right. Well, that, that's not what goes down. Um, the the Sifan does in fact know what it is, or at least he knows a version of what it could be, and um, this guy is a he's <laughs> he's a character. But he uh, he tells her tells Princess Bria that um, uh, we'll 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 dream fast and I'll show you um, the, what you want to know, right? But in order to do that, um, we have to end. We'll have to. You need to be able to enter the dream space like more than you already do because that's that's the. The, the matrix i don't know it's the yeah. it's the thing <laughs> it's the thing that the the, the dream fasting is just a, a small portion of of what this is right like it's just a, a, a conduit for this larger power mm-hmm. uh, and i'll introduce you to that but you need to take um you need to take this specific thing that i probably was stupid and told you what it's called um <laughs> so He's like, yeah, drink this null root. It'll be great. And then that'll that'll open your mind for the, the dream space travel. Um, well, null root, as in its name, is a thing that makes you forget. <laughs> so uh, um, uh, Bria not being, uh, she's very, she's very smart. Um, yes. She, <laughs> she does the old cup swap and um, has, <laughs> has Elder Kadia, he's the Sifun soothsayer, um, has him drink the null root and then it it just gets goofy he starts forgetting everything really everything. Um, but while he's in the middle of forgetting that she gets him to forget that he was trying to make her forget and tell him tell her what she actually wanted to know um yep the the as as great as his character is um his assistant and i guess it's his assistant uh, of the um chieftain is onika and her character was a better character like, yeah. at, at, so far anyway. Well, she um, doesn't really agree with uh, the elder. Um, although I, I don't think she expected him to have his mind uh, erased, but <laughs> yep. um, she, she just goes, she goes along with it and um, says to uh, Bria afterwards that, um, so the elder says that that sign that she showed him is the, it's a, it's a terrible it's not good. It's the end of the world. And yep. Onika says that's just one reading of it. It's really everything is like a time is a circle. And mm-hmm. this is this is these symbols represent um life, death, and rebirth. So it's basically it's the three suns just in a yep. uh, 
in an orbit pattern, it's, I think, leading to the Great Conjunction. But, um, so she, she offers to um, help the princess figure out what she needs to do. Like, yes. She, but she, of course, these Sifuns, they don't, um, they don't give something for nothing. Uh, and Onika wants the princess to do her a, a favor, basically get her something um, of her mother's to, to bring it to her. And then yes, in, ex- the in, ex- in, ex- in the brightest jewel in her mother's collection. Yes. Um, or mother's room, I think technically. But um, uh, in, in exchange for that, she'll you know, do her a favor. Um, and yes. that's, that's the long and short of Princess Bria's introduction. Aside from a couple of encounters she has with this Dexus and that better inform her opinion on the matter mm-hmm. and give us a great um, example of the relationship that these Texas hold over the Gelflings in like public decorum. Yes. Like how their public personality is similar, but just enough different um, than their actual nature they have when they're just by themselves. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, turn down like a couple decimal yeah they're still using their position as the um, lords of the land to get what they want but they don't um they're putting on a, a nice face about it basically. yeah they're they're not they're not openly cackling maniacally but they get really darn close like yeah <laughs> they're they're in danger of um not towing the line sometimes uh and so that's that's um princess bria and then our our last main um gelfling character is uh Deithra or deet yes and she is one of the Groton gelflings and she is the other disney princess archetype yeah, I guess so. She's the she's the underdog Disney Disney. Yes, she's the the animal whisperer. Yes, the, the bird she, whisperer. She, she does not come from a place of power. However, she is she is a a cave druid, so she has you know that 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 earth knowledge that gets her out of situations because and, she, and puts her into other situations. Exactly. <laughs> Because she's plucky, she's plucky and resilient, and and believes in the best in people. And this totally isn't a setup for for later on whatsoever. Everything will be fine. You can trust me. So uh, she, yes, she is literally the caretaker of many of the underground um, creatures. She she feeds them, keeps them safe. Um, all the while just kind of enjoying uh, her glowy feast of glow moss that makes you glow when you eat it. Yeah. Spookily. The Grodens seem to be like the least uh, I I don't want to use the term separatist, but they they seem to interact with the by by virtue of their location seem to interact with the other clans the least of 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 the seven um, and seem perfectly fine with that. Well, I mean, it's it's to the point where they've like potentially 
very few, if any of them have actually even left the underground. Like they, yes, they're the under, they're in the underdark. They're the drow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, while being druids instead. Right. Yeah. And they have direct access to, without knowing it, the sanctuary tree, uh, which is a, it is a portion of the planet. Basically, I think it's because its root system just goes like everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. That it's a direct line to the, the crystal and Thra. Right. To, to a point, anyway. Um, it's a big, uh, it's a big um, forever tree. It's huge. Yeah. Big, big old tree. Um, but it, it talks. Yeah. And, yep. <laughs> um, unknown, unbeknownst to like that's also um, prompts some of the best dialogue is the um, uh, it's the kind of like it's that I think she's also a Madra, um, just a different. It's not all Madra, but Madra something is the sort of medicine woman um, of the uh, Groton who is aware of what the surface is. She's made the journey. She's older made the journeys before mm-hmm. she's spoken to the sanctuary tree um the other Groton generally have not right. um, so she she believes Deethra when um uh, Deet has told her that she had a vision um forced upon her in a spooky way <laughs> by <laughs> a creepy flower root thing yep um basically it she's just she's just given the end of the world vision <laughs> yeah by a tree by a tree as you do in fantasy. Yep. Actually. <laughs> so she's given her vision quest, literally. And um, it is sent out uh, by the tree to go convince stop the, the darkening. Um, uh, stop the darkening, but convince the Almadra um, that there's a problem that they need to address. Um, and let's just send the like least prepared person to go do that, but that's all right. Yep. She's resourceful and plucky. She'll be just... She'll be fine. She'll be fine. She is... She runs into my first, so I guess the second favorite character, our podling pinata, Hup the Paladin. Yes. Or Hup the going to be a Paladin soon. If, yes. If everything goes according to plan. Um, he's, he's great. He's trusty great. spoon. No, it's a sword. <laughs> You're right. It it's is. I mean, it is. But it is also a spoon. But it is a sword. It's a spoon on a stick. <laughs> yes. That is also a sword. <laughs> it's a sword if you dream yeah. hard enough, you can do it. Hey, hey yep. Yep, you're not wrong. Uh, and yeah, he's great. He's He's a really, really, really really fun side character and really good companion for, for Deet. Gentle, gentle Deet. Yeah. Dig him a lot. And we get, and we get the rolling dogs. The other, yeah, best, yes. the other yes, best characters, do. even though they're just kind of appearing just at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't remember. Um, it's like, so, uh, was it Kira? The main, the main Gelfling girl in the movie had one of the little roly dogs as her 
like companion. Yes. And I don't remember its name, but basically uh, they, they poke fun at that because um, uh, Deet is like, Oh, you're alone too. You want to go on me on my journey with me? Cause I'm also alone. And then the dog has like a little angry dog wife that tells him, no, you can't go on. Yep. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, you cannot go back. Yeah. You better come home right now. Um, yes. You are not allowed to go on, cannot the, go on the journey. Even though she scratched your belly and you got little tiny feet. Yep. And then you roll. Most, no roll most, dog. They roll off most satisfyingly. Um, yes. It's a theme. There's other, uh, the uh, what I had meant to mention like way earlier is uh, the, the sexiest, their, um, their carriage that they use to traverse the land. There's not, that's not the word I wanted. Um, when they go on their excursions, they ride a carriage and the carriage has wheels, but the wheels are roly polies and it's the best yep. thing ever. Yep. Roly poly wheels. Yep. Uh, really good. Yeah. Really good. Really good coach design for that thing. And also, yep. Just, just put the tire on and the tires are, are bugs roller bugs and they have just, personalities they're like they, <laughs> they try to do stuff you know i mean they still do their oh, job yeah. but they, they want to do things it's great yeah they are it's are great. still specifically animals <laughs> yeah um yeah so deet makes her she sojourns to the surface um good character design she she has to wear a blindfold initially because the sun the three suns are way too bright and she (laughs) she points that out she's like i I think that was another good there's a lot of good dialogue between her and the um the uh grotten madra Mm -hmm. who makes a lot of just funny like the little one-liners but um uh deet specifically like it's like how can they stand to have these suns up here? It's like what if what if the, they're just balls of fire what if one of them falls yep um it's it's good stuff uh she she encounters the um rogue uh spitter and uh, yes it's angry and tried to eat her while she's just taking a nap in a not safe place um and the whole time she's just like Oh, could you talk? Let's just talk things out. Um, yeah, this will be fine. Uh, which she's also trying to do to every other animal. Um, is talk to them, but not nothing. Nothing really ever is able to talk back. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, but enter enter help the Paladin, who, in his heroic attempt to save her, um, gets <laughs> gets wrapped up in a cocoon and used as a pinata. <laughs> but in weapon form, um, because he he specifically acts. He has a high guess hard potato potling head, and um, <laughs> has uh, de- use him as a bludgeoning weapon to knock out the um, the spitter. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. good little scene. Um, I also like that he speaks in potling and then has like a few words in Gelfling that he can say. So he yes. can he can understand Gelfling. He can only speak a little bit of it and um Deet cannot speak any podling. Right. Um so there's a nice kind of semi language barrier between the two which which makes the interactions a little funnier. Um 
but it's like it makes it charming i guess they're not mm-hmm. poking fun at anybody um they're, they're treating it all very seriously um but yes he's on his way to um uh, harar harar is the the vapra um city and uh, to go yes. to go petition to become the very first podling um paladin which is yes it's cool it's like saying like a halfling paladin it's it's great concept because they're they're again like slightly smaller than the gelfling who are already kind of small but potentially he's he's fairly strong so i think it would work out pretty well right um I think that's well. Yeah, we that's... get we get we get Agra's awakening, which we really didn't discuss. So she wakes up. Oh, yes. Discovers it's been like a long time, enough for two generate no three, three generations of podling servitors. She has like a little butler kind of guy, um, little podling that just takes a caretaker that takes care of the observatory. And uh, she wakes up and she's like, oh, you've gotten old. How long has it been? And he's and the bottling's like, well, that wasn't me. That was my grandfather that you saw last. So it's been a little, it's been a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and she's covered in like cobwebs and stuff. <laughs> yep. Although he's been supposed to have been he's kind of brushing her off, but obviously he's not doing his job like every day. <laughs> just once in a while, just pops up there to kind of clean the observatory a little bit. Yep. She's just, she's not even on a, like a bed. She's just like laying at one of the little desks or something. She, she's, she's in a, she's literally just in, in a lazy boy and a, 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 a let down lazy boy yeah. searching the cosmos with her brain. Yes. And I think at one point she grabs the puddling and like cracks his spine. I don't know. I, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it, I don't, she wasn't trying to sit up. I think she did it on purpose. I'm not sure what happened there. She just like stands still and like <laughs> maybe she straightened his back. I don't know. Yeah, she 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 she's gruff but benevolent. That yes. is that is Agra. It's good. And then immediately she's like, "Oh, something! I I woke up because something's wrong with the planet." That's yeah. There's no other reason why I would have been because she was still busy surfing the the multiverse. Um, so the 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 danger to thrall the darkening has um, woken her, but she doesn't know what woke her. She just woke up. She's right. like, "Well, um, the ones in the know are probably the Skexis because I left them in control of the guarding the the crystal. So I'm gonna go check with the Skexis, and yep. that ends." Basically, that ends our um, episode two. There's a little bit of a side with the scientist getting punished for letting um, Rian escape. And so he gets boo-boxed with the, the people yep. beetle who... He get, yep. Hit, <laughs> yep. Hit his eyeball. It's horrifying because... I don't know. I, I, I didn't like it's that. In, it's in first person. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a first person shot of, uh, of, of, the, of this horrible monstrosity <laughs> <laughs> desperately clawing open a Skeksis eyelid to do its dark work. He just wants them peepers. Uh, once again, we'll reiterate greatly that this is a definitely... Like it is not a PG thirteen, but it is. I would definitely say like a nine plus uh, would be a good 
uh, jumping off point uh, because uh, this show is not, I would not call it graphic, but it does feature frightening images. Um, but they're all fantastic for weird old people like Dave and myself. Yeah, this was great. I, I love like every every second of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it hits all the right notes. The music is yeah. they're, they're pulling score from the original Dark Crystal. So when they do the title splash, it is the old Dark Crystal theme. It's great. Yeah. Um, so the nostalgia is there, but they they're they're not just trading on it. They're taking the time to like lovingly craft this extension to Thrall. Um yes. put this together. I'm very excited to to continue looking into how the episodes progress. Um at the same time, uh there are three at least three volumes of the um uh comic book that I will go back through and see if there's any other um, conflicts. That's kind of why I'm like, I, I was aware that this was going to be a prequel. And it's like, well, if they're, if they're doing that, I would like to see how much they're trading on what they've already written as the, the lore for Thrawn. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're doing a couple of different things. And um, hopefully, as you said, that some stuff is explained or some things are, talked about so um well we'll get to it when we get to it uh as far as coverage for the future episodes we'll try to combine a few more there's there's 10 episodes of the show and they're an hour long piece um the aim i think is not to do <laughs> 10 uh our show episodes so we'll try to put a maybe three or more um together and then kind of compact the plot a little bit um yes there's no as we did with this there's no there's no reason to do scene by scene there's a lot of stuff going on but we'll call out a few notable um creatures and um i think of which just, there are many of which there are many and then just kind of sort of continue on in the vein of um exploring the main characters and their 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 trials and tribulations on their journey to um save thrall yes from the darkening and the Skeksis. And the Skeksis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that, um, I think that'll wrap us up for uh, this first bit of Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. And we will be back next week for the final, I think, um, episode of Melvina's Therapy. Yes. Um, and then return again to Dark Crystal. And that will probably carry us through into November um, because there's 10 episodes of this show. <laughs> yep. Um, it would all, it will also be supplementing with, um, I'm going to try to take a look at the interviews that are in, I have a, a large, um, art book, um, of dark crystal that I, that I purchased specifically to talk about last time, didn't get around to it. Um, so that will fit into probably the end, maybe discussing a wrap up, um, of the final episode of the, the TV show and then doing an aside with that. Cause it's going to take time to, for me to read through and find relevant, um, articles and interviews within the uh the art book yes but that way we can kind of just make a more um expansive uh look at this rather than just the the tv series um and just kind of cover all of dark crystal and i believe there's a comic book adaptation of the tv show and i'll, I'll look into um acquiring that as well 
all right yeah that that is also not shocking uh yay uh cause, yay cause multimedia because because this is because because hey guess what this is uh this the series it's real good it's real good um and uh uh, I don't think that uh, I say what you will about Netflix. I don't think that this series would exist if not for Netflix. So they're doing a lot of production on this. Um, yeah. And that is the first episode of Age of Resistance. Well, our first episode of Age of Resistance. <laughs> um, yes, we yep. covered the first two episodes. Leonard, where can folks find you on the interwebs? People can find me on Twitter at Dr. Faust is dead. People can also find me on YouTube by also searching for Dr. Faust is dead. Dave, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at sentinut underscore plus, and you can find the, um, the podcast at um, monsterdearmonster.com and our our errant co-host um he is on twitter as well at night underscore twitten that's night without a k and romanruin.com if you want to listen to warhammer <laughs> uh, podcasting uh yes yep, that is us for this episode we will see you next time for the last bit of melvina's therapy before we continue on with more dark crystal so bye bye y'all Later. Mm-hmm.